We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast, and the Minnesota Timberwolves won the draft lottery. That sounds really weird to say. I'm here with Will DeBerg, who, former pro hooper, you've been doing all these draft pods with me, uh, University of St. Thomas, assistant men's coach. What did you think? Were you watching? How did it, what what happened tonight? I don't I, I don't even have my head wrapped around it. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard to to fathom. Um, I feel like as a Wolves fan, I've watched so many of these, and every year it's <laughs> like, oh, it's you know the sixth pick, and they're waiting to flip it over, and it's you just know it's going to be uh, the Wolves. So when particularly when Chicago and Charlotte went off, here it's like yeah yeah it's all like right. you've, you've seen it this movie every single year, and then sure enough, it was just another team, and then another team, <laughs> and then yeah, it was I don't know it. It's weird because I've just I. I don't know, play the... I, I never buy into the whole, like, cursed sort of thing, and I know most people do, whatever, but I, I just think it's the odds, and the odds are the odds. Like, the odds aren't that good of moving up. This right. year, they had a 27% chance of moving up. Not high, you know? And so you just kind of... I just kind of come to expect you're going to be at where you're going to be at, or lower. That's just this how it works, so... Because what... Was it sixth was the most likely coming into it? Sixth was the most likely. That, that was, like, yeah. 28... Per, it was yeah. 28% of sixth and a 14% chance of one. Gotcha. So and then the, the lottery is just weird like that. Like it it it, it balance. It's very and particularly now it's flatter than ever. So, I mean, I, I'm just kind of thinking you know putting this together, um, and to see us beat Steph Curry too <laughs> it's just like wow. Get used D-Lo to it. Is, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> um, you know, I, I thought you and I'd be having a conversation of like, okay, so like we're at the sixth pick. Like got a couple of these top guys off the board. You know, wh- who's our favorite? Like in that glut of kind of guys in the middle of the lottery. I know you love Vassell. I'm a little higher on Neesmith, something like that. And now to just, this is a completely different conversation because, you know, and people can, you can think what you want about these prospects, the, the top guys, the Edwards, the Balls, the Wisemans, as not being as eye on true. But, like, this matters. There's no way that not getting the first pick was a better option. Yeah, maybe it's a couple million dollars more expensive, but whatever. You want the first pick. Like this is a this is a a potential game changer. Even even if you're low on the top prospects in this, the possibility it opens up a possibility that just wasn't there two hours ago, and and I think that's absolutely something to be excited about. Mellow Ball, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman making making a trade. Like, I t- we got the chance to talk to Gerson Rosas today for a while, and a trade's absolutely on the table. I'm just, I'm just very excited that there's options here, that this team can go in a lot of different directions. Right. No, I, I, 
you I don't know. Like it's you always want the first overall pick. It's a huge asset, right? Just exactly. like no matter what you do with it, it's it's a huge asset. And for me, it's funny because I have been pretty adamant about Devin Vassell. I think is the best player in this draft. So part of me was like, well, maybe if we get the sixth pick, and I think we you texted me today. I want the sixth pick. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> that that's our best chance of getting him. So like, obviously, it's great to move up and it's great to get the top pick, but like. I'm not going to lie. There was part of me that was like, well, if we stay where we're supposed to be, then maybe we're going to get who I think. I I think he's the best player in the draft. Right. So for me, I don't know. I was, I was, I don't know. If it increased the odds of that. Happening, yeah. I don't know if it I, wasn't the best. Thing. I yeah. don't know if torn's the right word because you, I, again, you want the first overall pick right. in, in any sport, but you know, in the back of my mind, getting the first pick eliminates us getting Devin. Devin Zell. Zell. For sure. So, so what, what you and I did during quarantine out of not having anything to do is we watched a ton of film on all these guys um, kind of broke down the prospects about two at a time like similar position dudes and and went through all of that and you know over the course of a couple of months got through most of the first round prospects and with that we made our own like subjective big boards right of of who of who we think that the top 14 players are or they're for in this case the top couple players in the draft but I think it's different the, the conversation changes a little bit today as we're going to try and apply, I guess, that analysis of the film we've watched of these players to the Timberwolves. But I think a good place to start is just by, let's just you do our top five. Should we recap it real quick? Yeah, let's just let's just recap our top and five. I, each. I think w- when we made these, this is obviously before the lottery, and this is just like not Timberwolves specific, right? Yes. Like we just just mm-hmm. this is who we think the five. And I think that's players. what this conversation yeah. is going to be about now yeah. is together. Now it's more about, right. Yes, sure. So do you want to start? Um, sure, I'll do my top five. Um, Lamelo Ball is, is number one on, on my board, and I'm sure we're obviously going to talk about him a lot today. I have Anthony Edwards, two. James Wiseman's three for me. Obi Toppin's four. And Killian Hayes is five. Yeah. Mine's probably a little bit more chalky than yours. Mine is Devin Fassell, who I just mentioned, Killian Hayes, James Wiseman, Lamelo Ball, and Obi Toppin. Okay, so I think for you, th- this becomes an interesting question for you now like if you were you know if you, if you were Gershon Rosas if you were running this like do you feel like that you would still like go go Devin Vassell here given what you know about like the market of of this draft class I, I've said I think and again you know like the the landscape of the trades much better than I do but I've said from from day you have, whatever yeah. day one I guess we want to call it, whatever, <laughs> whatever this from from the start that I would be in favor of trading the top five pick but if you're asking me if we're going to keep the pick, yeah, I still think Devin Vassell is the best player. The best player in the, and I don't know how else to, to put that. So, but one of the questions I was going to ask you is what is like, can we talk about fake trades? Can we talk about sure. like what, no, I, what, what, what would we offer uh, team X or whatever, you know? So, so I think that there's a couple different ways to look at this and, and that's, just packaging the, the trade and you say, you know, you, you, you put together the number one pick. Obviously, that's a big asset. The Wolves have a big contract in James Johnson, $16 million that's expiring. You could attach a Jarrett Culver onto that. And now you're up in, you're up in like the $27 million, $25, $27 million range of guys like that. Like, the money works there. So, now, so we can start having – I mean, we're, we're talking about fake trades, but we can, we can bring up the name Devin Book. You can bring up the Ben Simmons. Like, this, this salaries match – where the Sixers do it, where the Suns do it, probably not. Probably. Would you not. rather have Anthony Edwards or Devin Booker? <laughs> <laughs> Can Tough. we talk about that for Tough. a second? No, I mean, yeah. So, so I I think that part of the conversation is obviously a more exciting one. I think it's what a ton of people are thinking about right now is how do we take this number one pick, package it together to get a third star. The reality of the situation is, is that's just unlikely. You, you, I always think about these things through the, the other team's shoes. Correct. If I'm the Phoenix Suns, why the hell would I want to – I mean, Devin Booker just is like in the beginning of a max contract. He's 23 years old. He's obviously as attractive of a player as he's ever been. And you're just – you're not getting into the conversation with Jarrett Culver, James Johnson, and the number one pick. We're not even close there. Right. So, so then you would need to be adding a lot more assets. You talk about future, you know, future first round picks, but you know, not to get too deep into the weeds, the Wolves like can't really offer that many future first round picks because they gave up that pick in the Wiggins Russell deal 
So, so really, the, the soonest pick they can offer is the 2024 first. And that, that can't excite a lot of teams. Exactly. Right? Like, it, it's, it's, they're distant off into the future. So it would really need to be a, a massive sort of package. I'm not saying anything is impossible. There, there's a whole, you know, a whole, they could need to make a sequence of trades. Maybe there's something to be had there. More realistic, I think, when we talk about trading this pick, is trading back. Yeah. And, and I think a good example of that working is obviously Jason Tatum and Markel Fultz a couple years back where, I mean, I think Danny Ainge was like in the mindset that you were, and he had Jason Tatum number one on his board. Jason Tatum was not, uh, Markel Fultz was the consensus number one guy in that class. And that sounds silly now, but that, that's just the case. And so he was able to pick up a really nice first round pick from Sacramento. I mean, it was the, the Sacramento lottery pick and, and just to move back two spots. So I think, you know, that, that's something you're considering if you're the Wolves, is, is that type of trade package. The, the Hawks moved back. They, got, they had the fourth pick last year. They got eight, 15, or eight, 17, 35, and two future seconds just to, just to move back from basically four to eight. So there and who, was, a, who was that? Cam Reddish? At no, so, it was, so, they could get, so they could get DeAndre Hunter at four. Oh, right. Okay. So, they, so they, they traded up there. Sorry, the Pelicans were the ones gotcha. who, okay. who, who moved yeah, back yeah. in that way. So, I mean, you're in a position of leverage as, as far as, like, accumulating assets go when, when you talk about, like, moving back in a draft. But, but I also, like, if you're the Wolves, I'm not sure what you really need is to get a log of, like, three more assets. They already have three picks in the, in the top 33 here. So... I don't know. I, I do think there's a reality that, that comes up that if they're not able to package just one pick, you know, for a player with more experience. So let's start, let's start with, let's start with that. The, the player with more experience, who is like best case scenario, but also realistic because I, everyone hears about Devin Booker and then you hear about what Ben Simmons and you hear about Bradley Beal. Like are any of those three in your mind possible? Like, because that's who, I've I've got three texts tonight from people being like we should trade it for De- Only Devin Booker. Three. I'm like I'm like yeah we should <laughs> like we should trade it for Devin Booker. So like but is that are any of those guys? I I, I mean it's hard to put a package together. I, I know that's kind of what I that that you know that that's the issue I I think and um, I mean I just <laughs> I think when I think the Ben Simmons one would probably be more likely as you could end up, I mean, having to take on like an Al Horford or something like that. It's somebody they, you know, they don't want or a bad salary, a Tobias Harris or something like that. But now we're talking about 60 plus million dollars in salary. How are you going to, how are you going to match that? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to be extremely difficult to find it, put a deal together that ends up giving the, the Phoenix Suns or the 76ers a package well, the other thing too, not to cut you off, but Phoenix has got to be leaving the bubble like fairly optimistic about their totally. team, right? Like, and you, the Sixers, the opposite, right? But. They might Sixers exactly. They might be thinking about, especially if they end up getting swept. But but, but what you got to consider, like, if I'm either of those teams, and we just you come to that crossroads and you go, all right, I'm ready to make a move, right? Ready to move Booker or Simmons. The only person you're talking to is not the Timberwolves, right? It's 29 other teams, right? You know, and obviously everybody. So how about Bradley Beal? Because, because on paper he's perfect, right? Totally, totally. But, but give me the package. I mean that that that's the. I that's think that's job. the question. I, I think, to me, I'm. I think that the Timberwolves will eventually make a move for a player like that. I don't see that happening this off season. I think you. It's going to take like a sequence of stacking moves where they're going to have to kind of. Hit on some guy, uh, hit on a guy in the draft. Make a couple good offseason signings. A, a bunch of moves. Like I think that this whole stacking started back in the last trade deadline, where they they made a twelve team trade, and it's all this like, you know, improve the roster by two percent, improve the roster by two percent, and once you get up to a level, now you can be in that position to you know to ask that team for for a big guy who's on the market who's like going to be sold on the cheap but right now i just i don't know why why are the wizards selling rather be on the cheap it, it's just it's just hard for me to picture that that said there's multiple different trade conversations here like they could 
maybe they make a trade for a guy who isn't a star like that. Like Gerson Rosas, when we talked today, did not dodge around the idea that that a trade is that a trade is off is off the table at all. I mean, he said he said they're not locked into anything and they're looking for a guy with experience. I'm gonna play I'll play you that clip and the listeners right now. What kind of, uh, I guess, treasure trove of assets do you see that is not only for the possibility of making picks, but also perhaps using those in trades or, or things like that? What kind of freedom do you think you'll have once you get to that the draft area when teams are looking to maneuver a bit? You know, I've said it before, this is an important offseason for us, and you can just bundle it all up in terms of not only the draft, but free agency and the trade market uh, for us. We're going to be super thorough and diligent. We're not locked into anything, uh, any opportunity to improve this club. We're going to be super creative and uh, we're going to, you know, look at every opportunity throughout the league to make this team better. And we're confident whether that's drafting and picking uh, players there at our selections or using those picks and trades uh, to add to our talent base, maybe add a little bit more experience uh, or to be aggressive uh, one way or the other in this draft, whether it's, using some of the picks to move up or using some of the picks to move out and, and have more assets into the future. We want to be pretty fluid. So you get what I'm saying there? It, so he said that before the draft where, right. where is the idea of maybe moving up to, you know, packaging 17 and like four or something to get up to like to two. So, so he really made it seem like everything is on the like. Yeah. And I, and I, maybe, maybe somebody hears that and goes, well, he's just, it's dumping out cliches there. But I, I think we also have the pattern of his behavior right. since he's taken over, which is being extremely active, being very aggressive to go after, you know, players that that are on the market. So, well, I, I we I we go back to what we talked about. Like this draft is not strong, and the Timberwolves do have two, I use quotes, but veteran stars. Like you should you you should try to get the best player available, and not so much like rebuild with uh, with the project right like that's we we talked about that a lot in the pre-draft pods um and now here we are like i think it makes more sense than than not to to look to at take trade. best player value yeah to look at trading and and i think that was has been a major you know question mark of, of some people is is being concerned about how Lamelo ball plays the same position as d'angelo russell how james wiseman plays the same position as carl anthony towns and and if they weren't applying a best player available strategy, it gets kind of hairy up there where you go, you know, okay, so we have to take Anthony Edwards. But, like, that that isn't in, in this front office's DNA. They're taking best player available, and he made that, and he made that extremely clear. And I think th there's a line in here that sticks out where he not only greenlights the idea of LaMelo Ball, but also James Wiseman by suggesting that, it's not just going to be cash. So do you think it's if we keep the pick, is it a two-man race, do you think? I think so. Let me play you this clip. Okay. Gerson, appreciate you doing this. Back to the draft and, and the, quote, good fits there at the top of the draft. Could you see a scenario where, where one of those good fits is maybe a more traditional point guard, and then you would move D'Angelo Russell more so off the ball? I mean, I would say we, we, we have in, in not only D'Angelo, but in Carl, we have two – uh, very unique players that are very versatile. And uh, I, I wouldn't rule out any player for us. Uh, you know, for us, the reality is in this league, you don't get a chance to pick uh, your elite superstar players. Uh, and the way we look at the draft is a focus of getting the best talent available. And, you know, some of my experiences personally, some of coaches' experiences, but you get the best talent that you can and you make it work. So if that's you know, another point guard. I, I lived through that in Houston with two point guards, and that worked out pretty well for us. We got pretty close to a championship there with that duo. Uh, or if it means uh, a, a different big next to Cat, I think Cat's skill, uh, shooting ability gives us a lot of flexibility in how we want to uh, build this team and how do we want to play basketball. So for us, we're we're very open-minded. We're going to take the best talent possible. As, as I've discussed in the past, you know, this is not a – next season decision this is a three or four year and hopefully a long-term decision so we want to make sure we get the best player so i think that's pretty illuminating for the the idea i mean that that's the reason i have lamella ball at number one on my board is the idea that i think that him next to d'angelo russell would have 
a supercharging impact on the offense, offensively. And, and then the second part from there that I think is really interesting is he basically implies not ruling out the idea of functionally shifting Cat to the four. He says yeah. playing Cat along another – alongside another big and I think I mean read between the lines there some I mean that's Anthony Edwards right that uh, for for who would be the other center there I James mean, Wiseman you mean oh yeah sorry James Wiseman yeah. my bad uh, who is who is a center so I I think I think we just need to kind of let go of some of our like preconceptions of what this Timberwolves team was and how they did things last year because they didn't really play two picks. They didn't really play two point guards together. But I think a, a more defining characteristic of these guys is just putting the five best players on the floor. For sure. And I and I th- and I think that's smart. I think that's you're you're operating. You're building uphill here when you're the Timberwolves. Yeah. You, t- you turn on these playoff games, and they are so far away from being able to compete on a talent level with these other teams. You need to have, add talent, and so I, I agree with that. So if you had right now, if like gunned your head do we you have three options one is they keep the first pick and draft somebody two is they trade back and three is they trade for a player obviously if you trade back you're probably gonna get some player but like call it those three options what what would you what would you bet on right now i i think what would i bet on happening i think their primary goal is going to be to target a player in Cat and Delo's age range, and and so so we have like the we have like the big time names of the the book. We traded back for Wiggins. <laughs> Stop. But I, I think you you got somebody like you know you bring up like a Karis Levert. Maybe he's on the market yeah. this summer, and I think that ends up being more like I think the first overall pick definitely gets you Karis Levert. Like so so there, it, it's more guys in that age range. Right? Their number one goal would be a Devin Booker, sure. But also a 25, 26-year-old, like a Karis LeVert, you've got, um, again, it's not going to cost the first overall pick, but like a package that where Dennis Schroeder's back and he's like your, comes back and he's your, your third best player. Some, you know, something more, something more along those lines. I think they would like to be a goal of, of, of all of this. And again, it's not going to be like so black and white because it's going to just be like the trade deadline where it's a bunch of moves. And have we, is the 16th pick locked? 17, yeah. 17. It's locked to 17. Locked. Yes. Okay. So, so you have that. I mean, you, you have that to, to put into some sort of deal, too. And we didn't, I mean, really bring that up, you know, previously. Maybe one 17, 2024 pick and 2026 pick. Yeah, you can go out that far. Does that get you in the Devin Booker, Ben Simmons conversation? It, it wouldn't if I was running the right. Sixers or Suns. But at the same time, now we're talking about, like, four firsts. Right. Even if they're weird firsts. So So now that we ha- we when we did the big boards, it was it was what what a month ago, six weeks ago, and we had no idea what pick the wolves were gonna have. Mm-hmm. So now that we have the first pick, how like do you feel strongly still that Lamelo is the best fit for the Wolves? Or or, or now is it kind of like, well, dang, like we're actually here with the Yeah, first, I get what, I get you know what, what I mean? Get, like it's yeah, easy to say sure. it when we don't know, but I um so, so for me, I watched Anthony Edwards was the first person I watched like a, a lot of like yeah. ma- many months ago. Him and Wiseman, right? Yeah, and, and and initially before I watched the Mellow Ball, Anthony Edwards was my, my number one guy, and I didn't really expect to to change off of that stance. I it I saw you know I, I see through in Anthony Edwards the statistical like shortcomings in that, and I I see a player who could be dynamic on both sides of the ball. So I don't think just because I have LaMelo ball one on my list means I don't like Anthony Edwards. That's fair. I, I think, I think it's a classic like one, a one B, whether it was the Timberwolves or somebody else, would I be pissed if they took Edwards over ball? No, I, I think you're getting, I think you're getting a player who's, who's really dynamic in that or has a chance to be really dynamic. The difference. And we said this before on the, the big board pod, I think was that for me, the difference between Anthony Edwards and the mellow ball is Anthony Edwards has, the best chance of becoming your team's best player. And the mellow ball has the best chance in this draft class of making your best player better. So for me, if we're talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm, uh, and they have Carl Anthony Towns, I'm intrigued with the guy who's going to make your best player better. I also think it's more likely that ball recognizes that specific potential, being a helper, 
being the guy who boosts Cat than it is then Anthony Edwards becomes the best player on the team. Like that sort of value proposition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I know I I I do. Do you worry at all about Cat who like there's rumors that he's not happy in Minnesota and if we were to get ball and ball kind of comes in and and like he's not going to be the best player, but he's going to be like the light, yeah. the, the most pop. I don't want to say the most pop. Maybe oh, the most hundred percent. Yeah. Most so you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, would that? That's an interesting question. Is it gonna push Cat out even more if he's just like I've done, I've been here for five six years. I've been the best player, and now we've got this nineteen year old who's taken. It's funny. It's kind of like the Simmons and Booker thing inverted, right? A little, yeah, a little where, bit. Where where you go? It's completely well, speculative. We, yeah, yeah, but it's like why would. You would work very much to work through whatever put, that is. Put yourself I, in catch. I'm not, let me let me rephrase this. Sure. If, if you were Carl Anthony Towns and you've been in Minnesota your whole career and you've been really, really good and you haven't maybe gotten the help that you wanted sure. and now they bring in a 19-year-old who's probably going to suck his first year or two but is going to be the star of, of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And like how is how would Towns How does that take, I- impact him? Well, one, I, I think it's important to acknowledge – that he has gotten the help that he wanted now. Yeah. Like he, he got DeAndre Russell. He's, the, he's very, obviously yeah. very much on the record of wanting that. He's on the record of saying Ryan's his coach and the coach he wants to have be his guy in this team. Like, yes, two years ago the Jimmy Butler practice happened, and, and that was a whole nightmare. But he has been continually catered to ever since that happened. Right. You're the guy we're totally building around you. What do you want to do? Whatever. I, I think – Yes, is there like a pride element to it where he might feel weird about LaMelo being this really popular guy? Yeah, I don't know. It's just that stuff is just so hard, I think, to speculate on. And I think Cat, at least initially, is going to be really excited about next year, about playing with DeAndre Russell, his best friend. And if they have the first overall pick, whether that's Ball, whether that's Weissman, whether that's Edwards, like I think you're going to have a very excited to play basketball, Carl Anthony Towns yeah. next year. So. And I'm not saying what you're, that, that stuff isn't true. I just feel like we are a couple years sure. away from that, at least. So, so it's on Rosas and them to, like, make this work. Like, don't mess up this pick. Right. You know? Or So you're, take, you're taking ball still if you're the Wolves. Yes, I would because I, I think that it is the best thing for Carl Anthony Towns. And I think pretty much every question is answered by what's the best thing for Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And again, wouldn't, wouldn't be pissed if it was Edwards either. I think you're, you're much more skeptical probably about all of these things. One, just ball and Edwards. You, you have ball fourth on, on your board and Edwards sixth. Right. So, so I guess make the case against it. Like who would be the guy that you would take if you're the Wolves? Other than Vassell, because I think that's a stretch. I mean, I, I'll just follow my big board. I, like, if you're going to take a point guard, if you're going to take another like dominant ball handler, I think Killian Hayes is going to be better than Lamelo Ball. So I would take Hayes. And okay, go into that though. Why? I just think he like there's. I think he does a few things. He's better on defense. I trust his decision making more. I trust his shot selection more. I just think he's got his like. There's a much better chance that he is solid, and where I think Lamelo Ball, we might look at him in like three years and be like, "Remember when we thought he was going to be like?" Sure. And I know yeah. that's not. I'm not. I'm no, not no, giving, I, I'm, I'm not giving like reasons with that. I understand that. That's more of just like a hunch. But mm-hmm. I just think he's like when we got the synergy for the overseas, whatever. I just watched. I watched a ton of Killian Hayes, and I'm like, he's just so solid. Where I watched Lamelo, and I'm just like. This might be a great play. This might just be the, you know, a terrible, a terrible play, and I, and, it, yeah. and it's hard. I, it's hard for me to get behind a guy like that where I don't know what he's going to do. I think I think that's a I think that's a totally fair concern, and I I I, I don't know. I I'd just, be lying if I told you it's not gambling, to some yeah, degree. To and go I, on ball, and I keep but going it, back to the fact that, I, and I try not to get caught up with his dad and his family. But ha- had he not been in the spotlight since eighth or ninth grade, like would he be? He would obviously be in the in, in the first round and, and be a lottery pick but would he be this hyped if he was a, a regular kid so and maybe the I answer think, is yes but yeah I, I think to some degree mike schmitz who's who does a great job yeah. with espn's um he's awesome he's awesome and he he wrote a 
he wrote like a good just kind of like <laughs> retrospective of Lamelo Ball from like ninth grade to now, which is crazy. That's like five years ago, yeah. and 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 he just kind of like. And he links to the things he wrote about him in ninth grade and 10th grade and 11th grade and 12th grade and, and kind of just describes like his progression over time and going from this kid who was the sixth man for Chino Hills playing with his brothers on, you know, on that team and on Yekka Congo, I think was on that yeah. team too. Um, you know, being the guy who took these terrible shots and, and all these sort of things. And was like, what is going on with this third ball brother? It's like kind of a microwave score, but this is ridiculous. Right. And then he, he just kind of talks about the progression over time and and talks about like in Lithuania, he's like, it's the first time I saw him was like, oh, I think there's like, an, there's definitely a drafted NBA player in here. And and then just kind of the progression off of that when he went to Spire for, for his senior year in Ohio and was playing there. And, and he has, he's like talking to these scouts and these scouts are talking about it. And they started seeing him, you know, showing some of that special passing ability and and that and that playmaking thing and you're like whoa this is such a such a departure from what when the last time I watched him play in person because these guys weren't out there in Lithuania watching him play then to if you if you talk to people who actually watched him play like scouts league people in Australia this year like they it's a pretty consensus thing among scouts that he is going to be a special playmaker there's obviously I, I don't so I, I think a lot of that is he did mature some like I think he was an extremely you know immature caught up in the whole ball family all that but I think the kid is growing up some I might kind of promise you that there's not going to be some sort of noise and baggage that comes with them no I mean that that is that's part of the yeah. implied risk here but I just I go back to and I think Anthony Edwards kind of falls in the same category. People, players who are, he's not, I don't think LaMelo Ball is a good decision maker. He makes unbelievable passes, but I don't, I wouldn't say his decision making is good. For sure. How, can you give me an example of somebody in the last like five years who has, we've had those same worries about in college or high school, and we've just been like, he makes horrible decisions. And then they, and then he gets to the NBA and that just goes away and they've grown out of it no i mean and, and i think that's to me i go back to that with with him and anthony edwards you know with him and anthony edwards like it's yeah i just i don't know talk me out of that i think i think with ball the argument to be made is he had nobody really holding him accountable to do those things and, and obviously i'm going i'm going i'm giving you the glass half sure. full thing here i i acknowledge all that stuff that that, and that's, that's and maybe it's me, maybe it's me with like the coaching lenses on, like just watching some of the decisions and like coach, sure. coaching him would be so frustrating. And maybe that's why I'm not as high on him because I look at it more from a coaching standpoint. Sure. No, and it, I, I think that's fair. It, it's I think what it, what a, what may be a projector to you know somebody who somebody who's looking who, which is I'm not saying this is me, but but a, but a scout is saying, what if we do get him? a coach that that is just going to get down to that and able to to build on on the things that are there there is there is that special playmaking ability you you acknowledge that there there is while the while the shot mechanics are erratic the the touch is there while the while the defensive film is bad the body is there and i think i think it is fair to say that he does have good court vision even if or that he that he will develop those sort of things. Like, yes, are are these a lot of boxes that need to be checked? Yeah, but we're in a class where we are going up against Anthony Edwards, who has a bunch of questions there too. We're going up against James Wiseman, who I, I can't even watch him play. Like, right. th this this isn't me saying that I would have Lamelo Ball number one on probably any other draft class. It's it's of this group, and that I believe in him within the context of the Wolves. So what do you think speech. of his timeline though? What do you think of the, in the, his That's timeline concerning. versus the Wolves timeline? Yeah, that, that part, that part's tricky. I, that part's tricky because, because yeah, we're, I mean, what I say all the time is it's not this year, but like 2021, like well, you gotta go like the Wolves got, and you trust a 20 year old LaMelo ball when the no. Wolves have to win. But what, what, what's the alternative? The trade? 
I mean, the, the trading option. Vassell. Vassell. No, but no, I, I know, I know. Case. I mean, yeah, I maybe it is. So, so no, I'm not. Or, or hit, I mean, we what, don't need to spend. Saying, we don't need to spend time on Vassell because it's not going to. No, happen. but 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 it, what it does highlight is the taking the really conservative option, and maybe that's Hayes. Maybe that's the more. Yeah, you but, know, the, but I think I I think it's Edwards, Wiseman, or Ball. So we can if we keep the pick. If we keep the if pick. if they make a trade, then but we can go in here. Basically, what 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 you're saying is. You have to you have to trade back, even if it's to like five I, or something, I, because those three players don't make sense for you in the context. Correct. Correct. It, it's hard for me to get up on the table and like totally argue argue with you there. But, and we've we but, go back and listen to the other podcasts we've done. We don't need to get into all of the details on those on those players. But yes, I've got major concerns about an eighteen year old Lamelo Ball, an eighteen year old James Wiseman, and an eighteen year old Anthony Edwards with the Timberwolves timeline. With Cat and D'Lo being where they are, like I, I, I just don't think that's the, the direction the franchise should go. And, and to go at you, I, I have major concerns about drafting Devin Fassell, who I see to be a player who's going to be a NBA role player, and and maybe maybe in two years, maybe even maybe even the twenty twenty one season, Devin Vassell is like a a like like a Macal Bridges or something. Right. You know? So two years from now, who do, you, who do you think the best? Two years. That's it. Year two, who's the best out of Wiseman, Ball, Edwards, and, and Vassell? Obi Toppin. No, not an option. But yeah, I mean, I, I think... You're not going to be surprised if it's Vassell. No, you're right. I'm not. So, and again, Vassell, the Wolves are not going to take Vassell number one. No. But the, again, the argument is, is trading back. Is, right. It's, it's hard to... It's hard to not just want to go down the, the trade options because it, it, it seems so obvious. It's just it's hard to like have a conversation exactly about that because we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, you know. Can we go back to Vassell for one second? <laughs> I thought we were talking. No, about because in case we do trade back, <laughs> yeah. what what was your what was your main like knock on him? Like, why is Anthony Edwards better, or why is why is he not higher for you? I, I think for me, with I mean, with Anthony Edwards versus Devin Vassell, is is like I'd see yeah, a Athleticism, yeah. yeah. I mean, most notably speed, um, and and then I think just well, like I think Anthony Edwards is going to be a player who's, if coached correctly, really physical, getting to the rim and and problematic there. And I think with with Anthony Edwards, one reason, one thing I really liked about him is I feel like he was way smoother with his shot, like off the dribble, than he was in just like catch and shoot situations. I actually thought he shot differently in in those different places. Like I, I think, yeah. Like I think we could be talking a couple of years from now. Like, oh, remember when we thought Anthony Edwards like wasn't going to be an All Star? Like th- th- those things can happen here too. Now we're we're, we're talking about we're not talking in, like making a bet yes or no, but there is like a twenty percent chance that Anthony Edwards becomes a star. I don't know what the what the number is there, but he, he has it in him. I where you and I disagree on Devin Vassell is I don't really see the path to him becoming a star. I don't know like. What does that look like? I guess some like I'm not, I won't take a like you know this isn't the Devin Vassell podcast as no, much he's as, one on your board. But do you remember when when Cat was at Kentucky and he yep. didn't shoot threes? Yep. And I'm not comparing him to Cat like the like that same upside, but I think f- the way Florida State played and if you watched them, you under, they played 11 guys and I think they asked Vassell to do two things really was spot up and shoot threes and and guard the other team's best player and he excelled at it. I think there's something that they just didn't unleash him like they could have. Like I think I think he his off the dribble game and his playmaking ability was just kind of like you can do it, but we we just don't need you to. And yeah. I think it's gonna surprise. Like I'm, I feel like I'm making like the case for tomorrow, <laughs> but like I I just think he's way people are like he's a good three and D guy. I I think he's way better than that. I think he can do. Way more off the dribble. And I think he's way more off. Like you saw that video on Twitter of him yeah. jumping from the three point line and dunking it. But like, I I think he's a way better athlete than people think, and I think he is way more creative and crafty as a playmaker. Is it okay? This is actually just a weird sort of question. Can can a guy be not fast and still a good athlete? Because I think yes. That, I think that's. I think that's. I mean, we've talked about the other the other like elite small forwards in this draft. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Gordon Hayward's like that. Oh yeah, yeah. in the league. In the league. Yeah, yeah. Who are you, you talking about? In the draft. I was like, I sorry, don't know if there's sorry. other no, no, elite in small the league. Forwards. My bad. In the league. But like, 
Name some like Jason Tatum's like that for sure. Yeah. No, Tatum. Tatum is probably like the poor man's Devin Vassell. <laughs> he that that's the upside because there there were. I, I like your point. I like your point about that that he does have the off the dribble because he did do that summit. For I just state, I he think did, he like, was get held to 15 back and shoot over. People. I think he was held back, and sure. I'm gonna stick with that. So, I, I think for for you the path is is moving back in this draft to a range that would have a a Devin Vassell or a Killian Hayes. Yep. And and I think for me a best case scenario is to trade the first pick for someone or something that would be a more veteran piece that then could again be like traded down like another year right. or two down the line for let's just call it the Devin Booker. Right. And and I don't know, I've you you bring up I brought up like the the Karis the Vert the, the something like that. Yeah. Like a player that would that would be the third best player on this team, better than Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. And and I think the first pick is probably more asset value than that, right? Right. But once you start once you start mixing in like a James Johnson into that deal, that's you know, that's some sort of bloated salary, maybe you're picking up a Lavert and a Joe Harris, you know, something, right, you know, something sure. like that, where where you're where you're getting like a couple of veteran pieces. I just think it's going to be. I would be shocked if there is not a move that is made that isn't like already have another move about to happen down the down the line too. Trading the pick, trading the pick makes the most sense. Do you think by the time we get to the draft that there's going to be a consensus number one pick across the league, where it's like. 80% of teams would take sure doesn't seem like that. I that's what so it's going to a lot of it will depend on who like there there's not going to be a guy, right? It's going to like if we do trade the pick, it's just going to depend on who who we trade him to. It does it does start to feel like it's it's having that the top 3 conversation where it's Edwards, Ball and Wiseman. And and I think maybe as we get closer as you know, teams have had more time to, to like they know where they're drafting to really start falling in love with some of these guys. Maybe there is a team that is like, we think we do think James Wiseman could be Joel Embiid, right? You know, and 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 that and that changes. I wouldn't be surprised if if James Wiseman is the first overall pick in this draft, and and quite frankly, for the Timberwolves, I wouldn't be surprised if he is either. It's not what I would do, but if they believe. James Wiseman's upside is Joel Embiid and only see LaMelo Ball's upside to be like a even better Ricky Rubio, then they're going to, they're going to take the guy who could be they see. Embiid. Yeah. They're going to take the guy who has the most talent. Like I, I, I mean, and maybe people think that clip I played is Rosa is just, you know, talking, but I, mean, I, I talk to these guys like yeah. that. This is what they want to do. Like right. they, they know they're operating on a talent deficit in this league. And, and so I think it's just the, the question is about is who's the, who's the most talented. My case for the mellow ball is I think he makes the rest of this team more talented. I think he's, I think he's, he's that type of player who has a whole bunch of things to be worried. And, can, and, but and can he win? Team. Can he win? That's what I keep coming back to. Can, can you win with him? Well, right I now? think we can't know. I how can we know that? Yeah. I I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's gonna look stupid one way or the other. Like we're gonna be like, oh man, his team in Lithuania was eight and twenty-seven, and this team in Australia was like six and twenty-five or whatever it was. He's always been on on losing teams. Of course, he's a loser. Apples to oranges. I mean, yeah, no, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't just think look we at, can know. I look at it more like, well, mainly from a defensive standpoint. Not to get too far into the weeds, but like, no, get into if it. you're if you're because I think we disagree. If there. your core is Lamelo. D'Lo and Cat. So you you think Lamelo is going to be like a bad defender in the league for his for his first couple of years? I do. No, well, okay, well that's not. I'm talking about like when he's 23, 24, when he's Cat and D'Lo's age. Like I think he's gonna. I think he's going sure, to be but, but, a good but, defender. But I think how you draft is so dependent on whatever your timeline is for the Wolves. Right, and that's. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, sure. It, if he's, I, I'm if not he's frustrated, dude. It's just a frustrating. If he's a good, if he's a good defender, when when by the time Cat's off the team. You, right. Do you know what I mean? Like that, then great. Yeah, 
but this is just spiraling us back to we have so to no I, I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to a good defender his first two or three years and that's when I think I like you said 2021 is a year like yeah. you got to win and if those if that's your backcourt you look at the other other western conference backcourts like I don't know I I have a hard time seeing seeing a world in which like D'Lo and LaMelo Ball are not giving up I, I think like I, I mean I think you're talking me into it. I I think it's like a, a trade has to happen. I yes. I the, and, I, the more we I, talk, I went the into more... this I went into this just like, you know, wanting to have the ball conversation and the Edwards conversation yeah. or, and and probably the Wiseman conversation too because I think if they draft it's going to if they actually were to take the pick, it's one of those three guys. Yes. The more we talk about it, the more I think about it and when it's not just in my head rattling around and like, "Oh, Dane, I agree with Dane." Like you know, it, you're right. I think you're right. Like, it, it seems kind of stupid to even be considering. Totally. Yeah. I think you have Cat, who's a top 15 player in the NBA. You have D'Lo, who's a top, I don't know, I, I, <laughs> what? Blank. We don't know. Top 10, 12 point guard. So you have two guys who are really good, right? Unless you think, unless you think the, whoever you take number one is going to help early on, like really help. And not just like be a starter, but actually help. Then you should look. Then you should, if you don't think that, then find somebody who is going to be fill that role. I should have played this clip earlier because it's about trading down. But um, I, I think I think that's a reasonable thing, and that they'll consider it. And I, actually, this was my question I asked. Um, I asked Gerson today, so um, play that now. Hey, uh, my question, I guess, kind of similar to John's last year um, when you guys traded. For Jarrett at six, you talked about how it's very difficult to make that move up in the draft. You have to, a lot of things kind of have to come together, get lucky, you have to pay a lot. Does that imply now with you guys more up in that range that trading down is something down or out, kind of like you mentioned, is easier than the alternative? Uh, I think you know. I think that's a fair question, Dan. I think everything's on the board. Uh, I think as we assess the draft and we see where our picks are going to be. Uh, and the value of those picks. Uh, like I said, I feel like there's, you know, there's not only good talent, but there's depth in this draft. So we'll be comfortable if there's future assets uh, that we can move and, and trade down and it's worth us moving, uh, we'll do it. Uh, but like anything, I think we're in a different position having added D'Angelo to the mix and uh, a guy like Beasley, a guy like Poncho, uh, you know, Jared with a year under his belt, uh, Josh with, with some more experience. You know, our systematic base is coming together and we can go in, in in multiple directions. But where we're at as a program, we need to continue to add talent. And whether that's ready to play talent through trades or talent with good upside in the draft that we can develop, uh, we feel good about those positions. But to your point, we're not closing any doors. If there's good packages for us to trade back, we'll look at it. Uh, but you know where we're going to be picking. I think there's there's good slots there to get value. So, go ahead. Is he referring to like everybody he named there were wings? So is he kind of saying? No, I think he's like, referring to the core. But I'm saying the the core. It seemed like every player he named there was a was a wing. So, I guess I'm asking you: Is that why part of the reason you think it's either Ball or Wiseman? Because everybody he mentioned there was a two, three, or four. So is he? No, I, I think what what I'm saying there I think it plays to to your point of like they've kind of already got like they're they're like fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth men on the team okay. And, okay. and and what they need is you know is to add to that sure and so that I mean is him saying they're willing to trade back I mean, he, he you know saying that which would be which would be, you know, of a sell, a, a player like that, that, that you would move um, Isaac Okora, Onyeka Kongmu, Tyrese Halliburton, someone who's not going to be at one there, but that you're a little more okay with being your fourth best player. Right. Like at their ceiling. Because I don't think any of those players I just said have really much of a shot at being a right. first or second best player on a team. And so I think that's just – that – that makes sense to me to want to pick up a role player in this draft if you're also getting another first into your coffer sure. or something to make that trade. We talked about we talked about how much um, Atlanta paid to move up last year, something like sure. that. So you, so you get your role player, and now you got another first in there. 
maybe it's for 2021 next year when they lost the Wiggins pick. Now, now you're like, now you're back at even, you're back at neutral, and you can be sitting there waiting on that big move down the line where, okay, now you've re-signed, you've re-signed Malik Beasley, who's like a good player making $15 million. Maybe another team is like a year from now or at the deadline is like, yeah, it's, it is just time to move on from Ben Simmons. Um, oh, the Beasley, now the Wolves can put like Beasley in this right. trade because he signed, and the Wolves have additional draft picks because they got a lot for the number one overall pick. Like, yeah, maybe that is a more real, the most realistic trade path. Yeah, I mean, this we we made this conversation so much less sexy than the first overall pick, but I do think it's. I just think the more we talk about it, the more it's like if we don't have a consensus one, if we don't love the first pick, like if there's not a Zion, there's not a you know Mm -hmm. a cat, like I don't know, I. I would I would love to trade back. I'd love to take a guy in that six to ten range, um, and then get an experienced player with it. I don't know. It's right, right. No, and I, I think, I think I think you're right. I think that that probably you know is the move. And I do think it's reasonable to assume that some team is going to want to be like the Sixers were in 2017 for Mark Helfels and be willing right. to trade up. To that, that's to well. That, that was the other thing, and I know we're almost out of time here. But that the one concern I have is like, are there going to be teams that like desperately want the first overall pick? I don't. I mean, don't you think one of the twenty nine? Pro- pro- yes, probably. But I, I think this draft more than more so than any other in the last ten right. years have been like, I don't know, maybe if it, if like if if it really makes sense. But I don't think teams are going to like go completely out of their way to but, sell the farm. sure. But I. I think then it just becomes a matter of price, right? Like when the when the Sixers paid to move up from three to one, they gave up an unprotected Kings pick. Like that's about as good of a you know of a of a first round pick as you can get. Maybe for the Wolves, all they get to move back from one to six is a lottery protected first or something in in the draft next year, and then you kind of start. Again, it, it's it's another it's another move in there, and 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 I think they have I just think they have the front office that's I'm pretty sure they're sitting at Target Center right now or at Mayo Clinic Square, and they're not just like, all right, James Wiseman, here we go, like we're yeah. take the next two months off, like no, they've got the the full board going off with names like Devin Booker on there, and with you know blamer names like clint capella or something like that like luca luca not lame i so so i don't really know where we went with all of this other than the idea that what gerson said all day today and it played in these clips implied strongly a possibility of a trade strongly you know implied that they're keeping every option on the table and then talking out with you particularly given the timeline it's hard it's hard to say that like Grabbing a 19-year-old when Cat and D'Lo are entering their prime makes a ton of sense. Right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I We talked about it early on, like, older pods. Like, you do have to hit a, hit a home run in the draft. So the, the other side of it is, like, just go get, you know, a, a future star. But I, I think with with where the Wolves are now, it makes most sense to, to – They just have to hit a home run on every move. <laughs> Like that, that, I mean, that's just, I mean, almost yeah. every move. That, that's just the reality of the situation, right. you know, as we, we sit here and have the Lakers game on the background. Like, there's going to be a team like the Lakers, like the Clippers, three years from now. The Timberwolves are so far away from being able to compete with that. Right. Even if the Cat and D'Lo pairing does go well. So the way to get there, again, is to maximize this number one overall pick whether it is drafting your stud or trading it out you need to maximize this asset and then from there it becomes a spider web of like, yeah where does the guy go maximize this maximize that make as many moves as possible be the smartest team at the negotiating table and every trade win by two percent that's the only way i think that like three years from now the wolves are in a spot where they're actually competing with the 2023 version of of the lakers 
And it probably all started. And today was a big day for that, man. Huge. That's a, that's a, that's yes. huge. I think it's important to realize, like, even though we don't love any of the first overall picks, like, to get that, to have that asset is huge. <laughs> We're talking about trading back from, like, one to six or seven. They could have just got six or seven today. Right. And, and with, with, like, I don't know what, the, like, that extra power is, what that extra value is, but it is value. Yes. And, and having that, you can't just go get that value. Anyway. You only get one pick a year. Like, they have that now, and they can repurpose that into other moves, into other players. No, it's not going to lead to Devin Booker this summer. No, it's not going to lead to Ben Simmons. But it could be the first like domino in a sequence of things to happen that could become a great a great third star on yeah. this team a year or two from now. Do you think the Warriors keep their pick at two? <laughs> no, they're, they're – <laughs> the gold the San Francisco version of Dane and Willer have to be having this exact same podcast. Like <laughs> who got third? Yeah, that's, that's a good, this is actually a good, uh, uh, who got third? Um, Charlotte. Is anybody going to keep their top? <laughs> Charlotte. Will, Charlotte James, will. Char- James Wiseman makes a ton of sense for that. Yeah. Um, actually, I'd, I mean, it's probably a conversation for another time, but if golden State's selling their pick and the wolves are selling their pick, hurts the market value of that right? right if they're both in the market hadn't even thought about that till right now but yeah it's i mean i mean we have two months to see what can happen i i do think you said will, will somebody be the consensus number one pick no but i do think people will fall more and more in love not in love but in like with this draft as time goes on because i mean it's 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 dumb to say that this is a weak draft class. We we did a right after the lottery, we did like a media availability with Gerson. He brought up the Anthony Bennett draft and like kind of scoffed at it and was like, Yeah, the reigning MVP was in that draft too. Right. And and like that that that's true. Something right. multiple great things are gonna come out of this draft. Yeah, totally. I mean, maybe Anthony Edwards is the next Anthony Bennett and he goes number one overall and it doesn't work. Or LaMelo Ball, whatever. But there's gonna be a guy, maybe it's Devin Vassell, who, who ends up it. being who ends up being the star out of out of the out of this group. And so I don't know. I, I would I would just challenge people to not brush this class off as like, oh, we won the lottery in the, the shittiest draft ever. Like, no, you won the lottery. Right. That that means something. It's a huge asset. It's, it's a huge. huge asset. And it's it's a big day. Like I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but like it's huge for the wolves, right? Like this is a I think with everything going on, like bubble playoffs, everything going on, like it might get blown over a little bit, but this is massive. I think I think it, I think it's totally massive, and I think it's whatever they get out of this pick, whether it's a player, whether it's you know, or or a trade, it's going to make the team more popular. Yeah. If they make a trade, it's going to be for a good player, an interesting player. If they draft Lamelo Ball, he's going to be popular. If they draft Anthony Edwards, he's going to have hype. Yeah, James Wiseman too, like. We don't talk about this enough, or I tr- I often try and like brush over it, but like this team, this franchise, this organization is desperate to become more popular, and this is this isn't going to make them more popular. Like yeah, when we talk about the sale of franchise. I mean, this is a whole other can of worms. I'm not going to get into, but like this is a major win for a franchise that's bleeding out. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And and I don't know. I mean, for people, and for. <laughs> For the people who have stuck with this team and are caring about this and are sitting down for an hour-long podcast pumped that the that the Wolves won the lottery last night, like, I think this is big for that. We're moving in the right direction. Like, nothing terrible has happened with this organization since the Jimmy Butler practice two years ago. So, like, right. to not F up for two years, it's pretty good. It's a pretty big step for the for the Wolves. That's Will DeBerg um, at WDeBerg14. Again, Will is uh, – the assistant men's basketball coach at the University of St. Thomas. Thank you for giving me all this time, seriously, uh, with all this draft stuff. I think. What's our next one? I feel like that we've. This has been six weeks since our. I know. I mean, there, there's, there's some like the 17. Like we've got the the post lottery yeah, yeah, yeah. pick. I think, I think there's some Is guys. This it? Is this our there. last one? No, no. <laughs> we'll Dude, it. I gotta make podcasts like until Christmas with no basketball. Like I'm definitely gonna tap you again. Um, we'll, 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 be back. We'll talk, we'll talk more draft. Um, I think, you know, there'll be, and there'll be, it's probably worth going back in and watching some of the, the film of these, of some of these top guys. Again, I mean, even for me thinking about some of this, 
it's like, oh yeah, wait, what did I think about Tyrese Maxey? Or you know, just kind of looking at my big board today. And it's been a while since. You Try know, to since watch full games too. No, not four minute YouTube highlights. Are you talking to me or are you talking to the listeners? Everybody. <laughs> I think that I think that is important, particularly with Lamelo Ball. Um, again, thanks, Will. I'm Dane. Um, until next week. Wolves won the lottery. That's crazy. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let sandals ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like